for tuning in to the Open Door Ministry Breadcrumbs Podcast with me, your host, Barbara Smith. We are here to share our blog articles with you in an audio format. We know that people are very busy and constantly on the go, but we all still need daily inspiration in our lives. It is our goal to share a few thought-provoking morsels that will challenge you to stay actively engaged in the Word of God. His Word is the bread of life. Bedfellows by Barbara Smith. The slow motion feature is often used in the film industry to put emphasis on a person or action to bring additional tension to it for various reasons. This effect, now affectionately called slow-mo, was invented by a priest from Austria named August Musger in the early 20th century when film was making its debut. Briefly stated, This is accomplished when the frames are created at a very fast speed, then played back at a normal to slow speed. There are many more scientific aspects that go into this feature that I personally cannot explain, and the process has gone through several metamorphoses since its inception. What was once achieved using camera and a projector is now being done employing computer software This is often used in the sports arena when a play is in dispute and needs to be watched repeatedly to ascertain the correct call or when a record-breaking play has been made that is so phenomenal that it warrants a slow motion replay to fully grasp and appreciate that moment in time. It can also be used in various settings to create a mood or atmosphere of a show or scene, such as a romantic or suspenseful occurrence in the story. It is also used in photography to capture something in a still shot that could not normally be caught in real time without being blurred, unless by video because of the moving parts. The sloth is a unique mammal. Their name is closely related to slow, literally meaning laziness though they can swim which could give them an advantage over some predators they are useless on the ground their slowness is somewhat due to their low energy diet of herbs and foliage but it does allow them to escape detection of hawks and cats who are looking for movement their coat which is shaggy and coarse is a breeding ground for green algae This offers them nutrients as well as camouflage and a home for sloth moths. They are more closely related to anteaters than anything else. They are thought to be indigenous to South America from the rainforests. They have poor hearing and vision and must rely heavily upon their sense of smell to find food. They hang upside down most of the time, which is made possible by their special hands and feet. They give birth, eat, sleep, and die hanging upside down. It is said that they move only when necessary, and even at that, very slowly. 
They spend most of their time alone except when mating. Their babies learn what they should eat by licking their mother's lips. This makes perfect sense since they might starve to death if they had to give their babies an actual hunting lesson. Though a slug is the name of any shellless terrestrial gastropod mollusk, a.k.a. shellless snail, the use of sluggard in the scripture is equated to the sloth. The dictionary definition of sluggard is a habitually lazy person. Synonyms given are couch potato, deadbeat, do-nothing, drone, idler, layabout, lazybones, loafer, slouch, or slug. The scriptures are admonishing us to be the opposite of these things, because if not, we will find ourselves wanting at the end of the day. Proverbs 13.4 says, The soul of the sluggard desires and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Proverbs 6, verse 1 through 11, the writer instructs, My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself when thou art come into the hand of thy friend. Go, humble thyself, and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways, and be wise, which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provides her meat in the summer, and gathers her food in the harvest. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that travels, and thy want as an armed man. The description in Psalm 6 given to the son of the ant, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, yet still she provides her meat in the summer and gathers it in the harvest, is not indicating that this is a renegade, a rebel without a cause, with no director or boss, and is not subordinate to authority, but rather reminds me of the expression that my children now use very frequently, namely, adulting. Now that they are all out of the house, they have realized that if they do not do it, it will not get done. There is now no mom or dad to come behind them and pick up after them and to even prompt them to do anything. This, of course, can be a blessing or a curse, depending on one's maturity level and attitude toward life. As the writer of Proverbs stated, if you laze around all day before you know it, you will have a crisis on your hands and become overwhelmed quickly. Those who do this are often so surprised that they have such a messy house, or there is nothing in the refrigerator to eat, or the grass is so long, or the roof is falling in, etc., Ecclesiastes 10.18 says, By much slothfulness the building decays, and through idleness of the hands the house drops through. This is quite a literal verse and is a disaster of one's own making, beginning with the decision to be idle or lazy all day. The point I would like to discuss in this article some may find obvious. However, there may be those who will have a light bulb moment. Procrastination and mediocrity are bedfellows. 
I will also make the leap to say that if you choose to procrastinate, you are therefore also choosing to be mediocre. That should smart just a little. If it does, I hope it will lead not only to contemplation, but that it will affect change as well. Before we continue, let us look at a few words as defined by the dictionary. Firstly, bedfellow means one who shares a bed with another or a person or thing closely associated with another, an ally such as political bedfellows. Synonyms are a better, ally, supporter, or sympathizer. Secondly, pact, especially an international treaty. Pact has peace at its root because a pact often ends a period of unfriendly relations. It can be used for any solemn agreement or promise between two people. After all, whenever two parties shake hands on a deal, they're not about to go to war with each other. Synonyms are accord, alliance, convention, covenant. Thirdly, the word agreement means harmony of opinion, action or character, the act or fact of agreeing. Fourthly, procrastinate means to put off intentionally and habitually. It comes from the Latin prefix pro, meaning forward, and crastinus of tomorrow. The word means moving or acting slowly so as to fall behind, and it implies blameworthy delay, especially through laziness or apathy. Fifthly, mediocrity means the quality or state of being mediocre, moderate ability or value, similar to ordinariness, commonplaceness, lack of inspiration, indifference, inferiority, non-entity, second-rater. Sixthly, poverty means the state of one who lacks a usual or socially acceptable amount of money or material possessions, beggarly, destitution, impoverishment, neediness, pauperism, poorness, or want. It takes about five to ten minutes on average to fold and put away a load of laundry. Yet many people live with loads of laundry on their beds, couches, or floors, searching through the piles daily for that certain something they want to wear until they finally cannot figure out what is clean or dirty anymore and must rewash all the clothes, and thus the cycle begins again. Matthew 6.34 tells us, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. A lazy person, therefore by extension a procrastinator, might say, Yea, to this verse and say, See, I told you so, I don't have to worry about a thing. To which I would respond, True, you do not have to worry, however, not so fast. Let us see a little more of the context of this verse. Jesus begins this thought in verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. All procrastinators, please note the verb in this statement is to serve, which denotes something we must do. Let us continue with the reading. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, or 
yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowl of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are ye not better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that ye have need of these things. This is a beautiful promise and not to be taken lightly. However, the next verse, which is right before our original verse in number 33, begins with a but. So as a recap, we do not have to worry, but we do have to pick our master to serve. And verse 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you herein lies another verb that requires action from us which follows the but and that verb is to seek with that in mind here is something to contemplate using our example of the laundry if we take five or ten minutes to employ the verb to fold even though we know there will be more laundry tomorrow we do not have to continue to worry about it today or worry about where we're going to seat our guests when they arrive or if we have clean clothes to wear the next day to work or to school this is what jesus is saying every day will have its challenges but if we take care of one day at a time as best we know how we can have the assurance that all will be well. If we are in the service of the Lord, he will take everything that is out of control. Jesus continues in Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asks receives, and he that seeks finds. And to him that knocks it shall be opened. Here again, we are excited about the promises. However, let us note again the three verbs. The action required on our part is to seek, to ask, and to knock. Then we will receive and find, and it will be opened unto us. James 4 verse 1 through 3 states, For whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence even of your own lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain ye fight and war yet ye have not because ye ask not ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye might consume it upon your lusts though we want so much we don't have anything because we won't even ask much less work and when we do we have not taken the first steps as discussed and that is to choose who we will serve. Proverbs 15 verse 19 says, The way of the slothful man is as a hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. Proverbs 21 verse 25 says, 
The desire of the slothful kills him, for his hands refuse to labor, overlooking the fact that most procrastinators are just that because they have become masters at making excuses and justifying themselves. Let us look at another aspect. Many people may say that they do not understand the scriptures when they read them, especially in the King James Version of the Bible. If we were to put some of those proverbs regarding slothfulness into 21st century lingo, would we be able to grasp the message any more clearly? The New International Version of the two verses we just looked at says, The way of the sluggard is blocked with thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. The next verse says, The cravings of a sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. No guessing that work is needed. These scriptures are plainly written. Let's look at a few more while we're in this mode. Proverbs 19.15 Laziness brings on deep sleep, and the shiftless go hungry. Proverbs 12.27 says the lazy do not roast any game, but the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. I kind of like how the King James Version writes this one. The slothful man roasteth not at which he took in hunting, but the substance of a diligent man is precious. Wow, this is showing the procrastinator, lazy person, may have hunted or worked. They have food right there, but because of their laziness, will not cook it so that they can eat a healthy meal. They would rather go get fast food or eat a load of junk food, which will ultimately be the death of their health because of their laziness. I know we all have our moments of laziness, but remember we are talking about those who habitually put things off until they just don't get done at all. This brings us to Proverbs 12.24 in the New International Version. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. And from the King James Version, The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. This is where our bedfellow of mediocrity sneaks into the equation. Have you ever heard someone say, yes, I know I'm qualified for that new management position at my job that just posted, but I don't think I'm going to apply. It will be so much more work. I have heard this many times over. All the while, you have those on the other side of the coin saying, I sure wish I had the required degree. I would apply in a heartbeat for that new management position at my job that just posted. I know I have the experience and I know I could do it. It would be a great challenge and a boost to my career. This is such a sad scenario. However, I have seen the latter surpass the former because of their go get em attitude and their willingness to work hard. Even though their social status, IQ, knowledge, or qualifications may not be as great, they are far more superior in worth to any company because of their work ethic. If you settle for less than what you could be, could do, or could have, you are entertaining an attitude of mediocrity and will be just as the definition of the word implies, ordinary, commonplace, adequate, inferior, amateur, and a non-entity. You by default 
because of your habitual laziness, a.k.a. procrastination, have made a pact and an agreement with mediocrity. You have drawn your line in the sand that marks the end of your road to achieving anything more than you already have in your life, with a high probability of you losing all that you already have attained. Jesus said in John 4, verse 35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. We must stop waiting on others to do everything, or waiting for better timing, for better weather, better circumstances, etc. Jesus said, now is the time. I know the bed is probably getting pretty full by now with all these fellas. However, there was one more that was already there long before procrastination and mediocrity came along, though you may not have noticed, and that is indecisiveness. You do have a choice to get up and do something now. You do have a choice to be all you can be. You do have the choice to be the one to speak up for what is right. You have the choice to better yourself. You do have the choice to break the chains of addictions, oppression, and depression that has had your family bound for years. Do not use the excuses and arguments for justification that you don't have a choice, or you were born this way, or one person can't make a difference, or so on and so forth. Jesus said, lift up your eyes. Now is the time to reap the harvest. Jesus also had a clear opinion regarding indecisiveness that has got its grasp on you. He said to the church in Laodicea in Revelations 3 verse 14 through 19, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich increased with goods and have need of nothing and you know not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked i counsel thee to buy of me gold in the tried fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see as many as i love i rebuke and chasten be zealous therefore and repent Though others can readily see it, the procrastinator is often blind to the fact that they are wallowing in the mire of despair, crafted by their own lack of inspiration, desire, and vision. They have sunk so low that they do not even know how others around them are succeeding, achieving, and moving forward constantly with contentment. We need to lift up our eyes and repent of our mediocrity as Jesus stated. See what is really taking place around us and in our lives and what we have become and begin the process of change. I read a quote that a friend of mine posted on social media recently by John Mason that reads like this, Mediocrity is a region bound on the north by compromise, on the south by indecision, on the east by past thinking and on the west by lack of vision proverbs twenty nine eighteen states where there is no vision the people perish we must lift up our eyes look at the map of our lives and regain our bearings what do we see to the north south east and west of us 
Do we like what we see? Change is challenging, but we can all achieve change if we take it one day at a time. If procrastination means to put off doing things intentionally and habitually, why don't we form new habits intentionally? Get out of that dirty, stale bed with all those stinky, complacent bedfellows and chart a new course on your map of life today. Our new motto as we forge ahead will be, why put off for tomorrow what we can get done today? Thanks for joining us today. We trust you have been nourished and blessed. Always remember the Lord is faithful and His mercies are new every morning. Until next time, God bless.